This is Recorded Future, Inside Threat Intelligence for Cybersecurity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 116 of the Recorded Future podcast. I'm Dave Bittner from the CyberWire. Criminal markets on dark web forums are the online version of a bad neighborhood, complete with sellers, buyers, and people who make their living connecting those groups. They tend to be self-policing, and so when an individual discovers a fundamental flaw in the technical foundation of the community, and then decides to take advantage of that flaw to hold entire markets for ransom, well, that tends to get people's attention. And it's a high-stakes game. Daniel Burns is a senior threat intelligence analyst with Recorded Futures Insect Group, and he found himself on a journey down a dark web rabbit hole to try to make sense of the situation. Stay with us. There are a few things I hate in this industry, and that's hate with a capital H. And first in line on that list is the Tor Darknet marketplaces. They're the worst. Hmm. It's just a bunch of drug dealers and low-level fraudsters. You know, it's nothing like the high-level Russian places, right, where you have, you know, complicated pieces of banking trojans and ransomware affiliate programs and international organized crime. So every Tor Darknet market's the same, right? It's just a bunch of guys selling a bunch of drugs to a bunch of people who want drugs, The unfortunate part about what I do is we need to keep a presence on as many criminal forums as possible. If I mean, the the goal is all of them. So we have complete visibility into everything that goes on. Uh, Because just because it's a low level forum, if something big happens, right, you want to be on it, You, you can't go to a client or your boss and say, yeah, it was a big, giant, impactful cyber event, but you know, it wasn't on a very prestigious forum. So we ignored it, right? That doesn't Mm. fly. So you kind of got to be everywhere. And and so this is sort of the the online equivalent of a bad neighborhood. Yeah, I I mean Tor is just anyone can use Tor. You know, all it requires is a browser. You know, all the criminal marketplaces on Tor are pretty much cookie cutter. So it just it attracts it attracts the non technical crowd, and the non technical crowd is not interesting for the most part. You know, the DEA is all about it. I'm sure they find it very interesting, but mm-hmm. from a from an analyst perspective, like it's kind of an eye roll. And just just a quick description for folks who may not be familiar with it: what's going on with Tor? Uh, so Tor really hasn't changed much. Um, you know, Silk Road. Alpha Bay, the real deal, um, the Tor, and they use the name Darknet, which I'm kind of adopting. So all all of the Tor miscreants refer to the Tor criminal marketplaces hosted on hidden services sites, Onion sites, as the Darknet. So when I say Darknet, that's specifically what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the state of the Tor Darknet marketplace is pretty much where it was way back. So. You have, you know, Dream Market, which went down. Wall Street Market, which went down. You still have, you know, what's what's popular now? You still have Nightmare Market and things like that. They're all pretty much the same format, you know, and they attract the same buyers. They have automated escrow. You can get, you know, any drug known to man, you know, and there's some also low-level technical stuff like people reselling source codes that they bought for some ransomware, banking trojan or bot. You can get your, you know, low valid credit cards or CVVs and, you know, some of the basic, more popular hacker stuff and your fraud guys for bypassing two-factor authentication. 
you know, it's pretty much the same thing everywhere you go. Whereas like mm. the Russian forums, you know, you'll go to your, f- I, have, I have a few favorite forums, right? And every time you log in, you <laughs> never know what you're going to find. It's like, oh, you know, that's new and that's interesting. And this guy's new and let's look into it. But like, it's, yeah, like you said, it's, it's cookie cutter with, with the Tor criminal darknet sites, unfortunately. And it's really a, a case of supply and demand that there, there's a market for these illicit <laughs> items. And so... As soon as one goes down, another pops up. Yeah, there. I forget where I saw, this might have been on Reddit, but there's one guy who said, and I quote, I just want my drugs, mate. And that like <laughs> sums up the dark net in a nutshell. Okay. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, so let's dig into some of the details of, of what we're talking about here specifically. Back to the very beginning. So we, we get a request from some person in the company and, and they want to know about there's a newish, newish darknet market. It's called Nightmare Market. And, you know, some people wanted to know, so, you know, what's Nightmare and what's it going to be like? And, and who's migrated over there? Because this is around the time Dream Market went down. So there was a mass exodus and a, and a large collection of people who needed to sell their narcotics and wares elsewhere. So I'm like, okay, I go to deep.web and, you know, I grab the onion, onion domain and I try to log into Nightmare and, you know, the site won't load. Like, okay, that's unfortunate. And then, you know, I try the other mirrors. None of it works. I try to go to the forum. The forum's down. Like, okay, you know, I'm going to hop onto some other Tor Darknet marketplaces. And maybe there's some chatter around this. So mm-hmm. I think I tried to access like Empire. And then I tried to access Wall Street. Everything was down. I'm like, what is going on? So then I just jump and then I, I just start Googling it. I'm like, why, why is Nightmare down? Why is Empire down? Why is Wall Street down? And, and, I, I end up on Reddit of all places, and I didn't realize Reddit was still a popular medium for discussion around the darknet. I, I know there used to be popular, and then Reddit sh- it shut down the subreddit. What was it called? It was like darknet markets or something like that. Hmm. I, f- I forget what it was, but Twitter shut it. Uh, Reddit shut it down. But so they opened a new one, and and on that new one there was there was all this discussion and conspiracy theories. You know, the government's DDoSing these sites, uh, their exit scams. Uh, but then one gentleman stood out and, and this and this guy is one of my favorite hackers of all time. He, he is a gentleman and a scholar. He's well spoken. <laughs> he uses commas in the right place. His name is Hugbunter and Hugbunter is the official host of the Darknet underworld. He knows everybody. He knows all the admins. He has firsthand access to all the gossip, and he operates a Tor message board called Dread. And Dread was also new to me, so uh, I hopped on to Dread after discovering Hugbunter, and there I found my answer. And my mm. answer was this little miscreant called Rishkin, who also goes by the moniker Here You Go. Also, Here You Go Again, when Here You Go was banned. And this gentleman... He back in, I think, March, he posted on Dread that, hey, I'm the guy who took down Dream. I'm the guy who's still attacking Dream. And everyone's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But then he proved it. He's like, I'm going to I'm going to turn off my DDoS attack at this time and I'm going to resume it at this time. And then he did it. And then members started to go, oh, this is legitimate. And I, I thought Dream was down because. Do you remember Gnostic Player, who was releasing all those databases on Dream? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought whenever a big newsworthy thing happens on a darknet forum, 
everybody rushes to it, right? You have all the reporters, you have all the researchers, you have all the curious cyber criminals and everyone in between and their mother. So I thought Dream was down just because it was getting too much press. Little do I know it was being extorted by our friend Rishkin or here you go or here you go again. He had found a bug or a vulnerability or just a misuse of the circuit building mechanism for Tor and how Tor handles uh, how it connects a Tor user to a Tor hidden service or an onion domain. And Mm -hmm. with this vulnerability, our friend Rishkin was able to, with minimal resources, take down any darknet market site he wanted to. And when I say minimal resources, I mean, according to him, it was a few lines of code and a VPS server. And when I say when I say a few lines of code, I mean like hundreds of lines of code. But you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, that was a uh, colloquialism, I guess. So he was extorting Dream. Uh, apparently, he wanted a substantial amount of money. Uh, the admin of Dream, Speedstepper, wanted nothing to do with it, refused to pay, and decided to close the market instead of dealing with any of this. So our, our friend then pivoted to other markets, and he was talking about this on Dread. Uh, the dread admins or the moderators tried to ban him. And when they banned him, they banned his first username, which was here you go. So they banned here you go. And what do you think he did? Well, I'm, I suspect he popped up as someone else. Oh, no. Or did he DDoS them? Yep, he, he DDoS <laughs> okay, dread. I was thinking too small. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you, you want to play that game? Well, we could play that game. And then so dread mm. goes bye-bye. So then... He, he stops the DDoS and says, hey, I'm, I'm going to come back to Dread. Uh, I, I recommend you don't ban me again. And Hugbunter, the creator and admin of Dread, were like, okay, we're not banning him. In fact, hmm. let's not irritate him at all. Let's just let him do his thing. Let, let the drama unfold. Hmm. Um, so then he turns, his, he turns his cannon on some other markets. And this is, this is the month that Wall Street Market really had a bad few events, right? So Wall Street Market... One of the most popular markets. They're sitting pretty. They're selling their drugs. They're making their commission on every sale. And so our friend Rishkin decides to do the same extortion attempt on them, right? This time he succeeds, though. Wall Street Market coughs up $40,000, allegedly, right? This is the gossip. But this is this is the gossip coming from my favorite friend, Hugbunter. So, so I believe him. And Hugbunter has the reputation. I mean, this is a guy who knows things and knows people. And oh, if you yeah. need something, he's a, a gentleman that can make connections for yeah, you. Yeah, Hugbunter, he operates, not only does he operate Dread, but he seems to know all the admins of the other Darknet marketplaces. He uh, builds Darknet marketplaces complete with Bitco- Bitcoin ex- escrow service. Uh, the price tag on that starts at $5,000. He operates uh, penetration testing services and bug hunting services. I'm guessing that's where he got his username from. So yeah, he he is the man about town. Right. And so so when Hugbunter says, "Yeah, they coughed up forty grand," I believe it. Hmm. Now, uh, this ability of our uh, our adversary to take down these forums is this because the forums are using the same types of systems or is this a fundamental issue with no. Tor? Yeah, this is a fundamental issue with Tor. And mm. the funny thing is, um, one of our miscreant friends popped up on the Tor track website where you can complain to all the Tor devs and submit bugs. And this guy who was called Pigeon, and I think he's one of the moderators from Dread, don't, don't quote me on that, but he said, hey guys, you know, I operate a 
darknet message board and we're getting clobbered with this ddos attack and we don't know what to do about it um and you know the thread went on and on and on and and the tor devs were able to reproduce the attack and identify the bug and and the tor devs uh dubbed it the introduce to ddos attack and Mm. so that's that's how i refer to it and again that just it exploits the circuit building mechanism for tor and all an attacker needs is the domain, that onion domain. And when they have that, they could take down the service. There's nothing else they need. They don't need a true IP or an understanding of, of how the market of the website works. They Essentially, they just need a name and then it's gone. And at this point was our, our adversary was before this research had happened among the Tor folks. We, he was the person kind of sitting pretty, the only person sitting on this exploit, we think. As far as I know, uh, I can't really speak to that, but he was the only person I've seen using it. And mm, with mm-hmm. such an effect, I mean, he could be the mastermind behind it, but I can't speak for sure. I hope yeah. he is. I, I, I have, this is my favorite dark web, dark web drama, right? This, this one wins. <laughs> well, and it's, it's interesting because there's, there's no honor among thieves here, right? I mean, no. you've got bad guys i guess going after bad guys and gals and uh um it's interesting the swagger that he had because it's not like he's not setting himself up to be a target here and motivating folks who are willing to do bad things to put a mark on his back you know how you know we've always been saying you know hackers aren't some guy in some basement with a hoodie on you know hacking throughout the night right you know mm-hmm. they're usually older, more professional, they like money and nice things type people. Well, Rishkin, in my opinion, he is one of those hackers in a basement somewhere with a hoodie on. And he mm. is, he reminds me more of, of the Joker from The Dark Knight. He is much more interested in spreading chaos than he is actually getting paid. In fact, I have seen him say, I don't really care if I make money from this. I'm going to do it anyways. And he's a peculiar individual. Um, his English is pretty good. And he's a native Russian speaker. And I'm guessing he's located somewhere, former Soviet bloc. But again, I'm not sure. Um, he is, he's really got that Joker mentality of just wanting to watch the world burn. And if he makes a little money on the side, you know, that's fine. But he's, he's really enjoying the process. So he's, he's a, I've, I've never seen a threat actor quite like him. Now, so what happens next? The the folks who are in charge of keeping track of Tor, they're aware of this. They isolate what it is. Uh, do we push out some patches? That That is the plan. And the ticket submitted by our friend Pigeon is 29607 for people who want to pay attention to this. Uh, the Tor devs have, from what I understand, made this a priority. Uh, it has received funding from person's unknown so someone has given them money to help fix this problem uh one one of the posts on dread was hey guys if uh i forget who posted this but someone said hey guys we need to fix this problem please donate to the tour project so they're getting they're getting some money out of this which is which is uh, i guess good Hmm. and and i mean to be clear there are other reasons for using tour other than just these dark web markets yes um so are there any you know legitimate businesses that have found themselves uh victims of this as well no and and i'm and i'm a little surprised there haven't been but i think this speaks to our attacker's incentive and and what he and what he thinks is going to get him paid 
and what he thinks is going to and or what does entertain him. Uh, he maintains a presence on the very places he attacks, right? He, he likes to be able to watch the public reaction. He reads the threads of the people complaining about him and he responds to them. I mean, this is this is as much um, a social engagement forum as as a cyber attack. And, and that this is my amateur psycho- psychologist opinion. Right. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. There, there's there, there's serious engagement here. So I, I think if he attacked like some other company or he went after journalists, like some, something different, like, I don't think he would get the same. You know, it, the gratification wouldn't be the same. My opinion. Yeah. This is his uh, 15 minutes of fame. Could be longer than that. Yeah. Well, but I, because I, I can't help wondering, you know, what are, what are the odds that, that uh, this person would find themselves sitting on something comparable to this a second time? Oh, man. Yeah. This, this is a trump card. Um, mm-hmm. At one point, he, he's selling the source. He, he was, he still is selling the source for, for this vulnerability and his, his DDoS attack method. I, th- I think it's like public knowledge now, if I'm not mistaken. I mm-hmm. think some other miscreants have picked it up and are, and are using it, but he was selling it for, $280,000, mm. 50 Bitcoin at the time. And that's, no one's going to pay that in the criminal underground. Well, I, some people could, but probably not. But what it would be advantageous to would be, would be to a nation state where that kind of money is a drop in the bucket. And if they wanted to take anything tore offline, well, $280,000 isn't that much to ask to do so. Mm-hmm. And he actually, and, he made a joke in another forum. Uh, Rishkin said, you know, I'll offer a discount to the Russian security services. I, I don't think he's kidding. I've seen actors, you know, say that before and they're, they're serious. So who knows? Now, what is the social backlash among other members of the community <laughs> who are going about their business? Are they, are they all, uh, you know, yelling and screaming, coming at, after this individual with the torches and pitchforks? Dave, I can say with high confidence that these people are not happy. <laughs> okay, go they, on. <laughs> they are disconcerted. Um, oh, yeah. Death threats. Every nasty word in the book and on the Internet is being thrown his way. But there's nothing they can do. I mean, the reality of the situation, if this person was ever outed and his true identity was ever found, he is disrupting the business of a lot of drug dealers, right? Mm-hmm. Those are not the people you want to irritate because those consequences will be kinetic and not cyber. Right. If you know right. what I mean. Yeah. It, that's So, it's, I mean, to your point that there's a, a non-zero chance that this is some naive person who stumbled across something, you know, sitting in their basement who hasn't really thought through the potential implications of what they've done. Uh, that's a real possibility. Yeah. Um, however... Rishkin, his OPSEC is good. He maintains mm. very, very little presence on the web. He only posts what he, 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 he released a Jabber account, but that, that's the Jabber account he put out because he wants people to contact him so they can negotiate the extortion ransom. Other than that, the guy is pretty much a ghost. I've seen him a few other places, but he, I know nothing else about him. So in terms of, of other folks, of you know, your customers, the folks that you're out there protecting, uh, I mean, is this pretty much a, a contained kerfuffle? Is this something that, that folks should keep their eye on? The, the, I guess the fundamental um, uh, reliability of Tor could be an issue. We've had some clients that are asking, you know, well, why don't you have visibility into this or why don't you have visibility into that market? And the answer is like, well, we can't access them. They're down. So the client goes, oh, okay, that, that makes I sense. See. So there's, 
Rishkin's doing us kind of a good... I mean, it's all about destroying, disrupting, or degrading the enemy infrastructure, right? The end goal of threat intelligence is to provide you know information to do just that and to protect the client. Um, Rishkin's doing a pretty good job at that for us. He's doing a lot of the disruption, and we're not even paying him. Now, help me understand, as someone who's, who's never poked around on these sorts of forums... Um, is there any sort of vetting process before anyone can go in and have a look around? No, no, it's Tor. Tor does not have the most, no one's picky on Tor. Darknet marketplaces are are not particular. They let anybody in. A lot of the Russian, uh, you know, a lot of the Russian speaking forums and even some of the older English speaking forums before they were shut down were private. Or there was a paywall, you needed to pay a certain amount of Bitcoin to get on, or you had to be recommended by at least two people, stuff like that. But Tor is just, Tor is about quantity. They want to, the darknet markets want to sell as many drugs as possible, and they don't care who they send them to. So, yeah, different mindset. Our thanks to Daniel Burns for joining us. The research is titled, Here You Go, DDoSing the Darknet. You can find it on the Recorded Future website. Don't forget to sign up for the Recorded Future Cyber Daily email, where every day you'll receive the top results for trending technical indicators that are crossing the web. Cyber news, targeted industries, threat actors, exploited vulnerabilities, malware, suspicious IP addresses, and much more. You can find that at recordedfuture.com slash intel. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll subscribe and help spread the word among your colleagues and online. The Recorded Future podcast team includes coordinating producer Zane Picorni, executive producer Greg Barrett. The show is produced by The Cyberwire with editor John Petrick, executive producer Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.